0: This week's guest is Alston Taylor, who was named president and CEO of St. Augustine High School in June. The predominantly black all boys Catholic high school, which celebrated its 70th anniversary in 2021, is a storied institution known for its students' accomplishments in academics, music, athletics, and more. Taylor said he plans to prioritize capital improvements, including the $6 million restoration of the facilities that were damaged in a 2021 fire. He'll also focus on curriculum enhancement, and investment in faculty and staff. Austin Taylor, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, thank you Rich, happy to be here.
0: You're not just the St. Augustine president, you're also a graduate. Can you tell me about your time at school and, and what that meant to you?
1: Indeed, so uh, I entered St. Aug in August of 1994, and I graduated in uh, May of 1998. In those four years, I was involved in athletics through football and baseball, Uh, academic wise, I finished my four years with a 2.49. And I point that out because it showed that I had potential, but I wasn't living up to my expectation. I'm not ashamed to share that I was a C plus student that worked his way up from there and went to college and, you know, did much greater when I got to college. And I kicked that lazy bone out.
0: That's great that that you talk about that. Yeah, I mean, the fact that I'm sure that's that's empowering for kids to hear you talk about the challenges you might have had early on. Of course, that 2.49 would probably have been a lot higher at another school. You just happened to go to a really hard school.
1: That's true. That's true. But, yeah, played baseball and football, um, earned a scholarship to Texas Southern University in baseball as a leadoff hitter and center fielder, outfielder. And I love my time here in uh, my four years of being here as a student. I will say that, like the majority of young men that come to St. Aug, when you enter ninth grade, you're ready to leave. And it's largely due to the fact that, A, it is incredibly disciplined, B, there's no girls, and C, um, you keep looking back and forth in the classroom and there's no girls.
0: That that pretty much describes my high school experience at a at a Catholic school in the D.C. area. So I can I can relate. I'm curious. So before we get into all the nitty gritty, what what's your finest or proudest uh, athletic moment, either at St. Aug or at, at the next level?
1: Um, I started as a freshman. All the way through my four years here uh, on varsity. So as a freshman, I played freshman team, JV team, and varsity. And so I enjoyed to be able to have as many at best as I possibly could have. And I'll say my fondest memory of being involved in athletics here at St. Aug was that in four years. Every time we went to practice and we had running drills, I never saw the back of anyone's shirt. I was always Ah, first. Really? No matter if it was sprints or if it was the long distance, if there was miles we had to run, I always was first. And I carried that over into college. And so in my four years of college, it was the exact same.
0: So you were always the fastest guy on the team? Yes. Wow. That's something to be proud of for sure.
1: It is, it is.
0: That's fantastic. And maybe that carries over into other aspects of your work too.
1: Added to a measurement, I hold the stolen base record in Texas Southern University's history and college.
0: <laughs> that's great. Yeah. And that that's a whole other thing. That's all that's all psychological warfare, right?
1: It is, it is, it is.
0: <laughs> that's wonderful. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that. So um, so obviously your time as a student in St. Aug uh, was formative. Then you went off and, and did some other stuff for a long time that we'll talk about. But um, now you're, you're responsible for the school's mission, you know, ensuring that the school fulfills its mission to provide quality, well-rounded education to young men in the traditions of the Catholic Church. So what is your approach to that now in this new role?
1: You know, there is a diminishing population of Black Catholics in the city of New Orleans. And so I like to say that St. Aug is one of those places that's keeping the Catholic faith and Catholic and Christian responsibilities and disciplines alive through the teachings every day here at the school. And so we don't take that lightly. It is a big part of our mission to make sure that our young men are rooted in in their Christian values and their uh, Christianity and knowing who they are uh, through Catholic faith and Catholic teachings. And so we reach them in many ways. Uh, We have mass weekly. Uh, there is a chapel that sits right outside of my office and it is active during lunch period. And so you can say that there's 10 mass a week that's done through the lunch breaks. And then throughout the year, we have no less than six mass, uh, that school wide mass that we have. And then lastly, we are big on community service hours and having our young men understand the power and the responsibility of stepping up and giving back. And so this past school year, even in a pandemic year of 2020 and 2021 and in 2022, we averaged almost 40 to 45,000 hours of community service from our student population of 536 young men from this past school year.
0: Understood. You supervise more than 80 people, faculty and staff. You have a budget that's over 8 million. Uh, I know you've mentioned uh, that you want to prioritize capital improvement, enhance the curriculum. Can you talk about those goals and what else is on your 2022 to-do list for the school now that it's now that it's in your hands?
1: If I can leave from this office right now and step right in the courtyard, you will see that there are windows being plucked out that have been there <laughs> for 72 years. And you would also see that there's new ones that are sitting on the truck bed ready to be implemented into our 1951 building. And so we are 65%, 70% almost done on renovating our 1951 building, which was the very first one that opened the school's doors Uh, from classroom improvements to lighting, to windows, to flooring, smart boards, Uh, technology upgrades. We are literally transforming the way our young men will be able to have learning environments. That's going to be for a very long time. And so it's, it's, it's nerve wracking and it's exciting all in one because there's so many moving parts. There's phases that need to be complete. And then we start school on August 9th. And so the school is a construction site right now on July 13th. And the crew has less than 30 days to get this done before we kick off the new school year. Uh, That's 7.5 million that's being put into one building. Uh, That's gonna be the classrooms, 24 spaces. So 21 classroom, three laboratories. And those STEM laboratories will be state-of-the-art innovative spaces for our young men to Uh, embrace the sciences, and hopefully, we want them to become very, very well-rounded in the uh, medicine and the science discipline.
0: Understood. I was just reading about Tulane's big capital campaign that they've been doing. Do you do similar fundraising efforts to help underwrite the cost of improvements like this, or how do you fund these projects?
1: Creative fundraising, Rich. That is the only way. As a private school, I think the challenge that we face as an institution is that when people think private, they think privilege, but that does not equate or represent what St. Augustine High School is. The brand of education is private, it's Catholic, but the population that we're serving, we're serving every socioeconomic uh, phase of a Black family that's in the city of New Orleans and beyond. Believe it or not, there are nine parishes that make up uh, the population here at school, going as far out as St. Charles Parish. uh, We are serving a very large population from students that will take 20 minutes to get to school all the way out to an hour and 15 minutes to get here every morning at 7.10 when class is starting at
0: 7.20. Understood. Since we are a business publication, I want to ask, can you talk about who's doing some of the work for you? Who are the construction companies or contractors or architects that you can mention?
1: Sure, absolutely. and proud to share uh, their names. Uh, they've been great to work with. On the architectural side is Traplin Pier. and uh, our lead person has been Ashley King and Raymond Armott. They've been great to work with. And on the contracting side, our GC is CDW with Chris Walker represented there and they obviously have their subs that are um working through them but cdw and traplin pier has been our primaries and they've been great to work with
0: that's great good to hear can you talk about your bullet points of things that you want to get done over the next you know year or two uh, as you as you get up and running what's the top of your list
1: i want 605 students that'll be here coming in the fall to all make it 36 on ACT. <laughs> Great. No, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. You know, St. Paul was not built for that. You know, we, we, we were built to provide young men with maturation, well-roundedness, and to be able to become very well-rounded, disciplined young men that'll become productive citizens and leaders of the world. And so I told you earlier, I finished the school when I was here with a 2.49 GPA. And so, you know, at by no means, no stretch of imagination, that's not the top of the class. However, I was able to recognize where I was lazy. And then I recognized that I had a new chapter in four years, fresh start. And that's allowed me to continue to say, all right, I won't do the things that I did at St. Paul when it came to my academics, I'll take it much serious and I'll go forth. And so I've done that with my time at Texas Southern University and then my grad work at NYU, finishing well above a 2.49 and uh, nearly top of the class uh, when I graduated from grad school at NYU. But my boys and uh, our young men, what we want to do with them is give them access that are beyond the classroom. We want them to be astute with their studies but we also want them to have open access and visibility into the world that they can start understanding the things that they may want to do in life later on Um, in addition to capital improvements we are reaching out to colleges and universities to create collegiate alliances and university alliances and what that means is i don't want our young men to get to their junior and senior year and say, all right, I'm gonna apply to this school, I'm gonna apply to that school and hopefully they'll give me scholarship money. What we're doing is we're creating a path to where my team and I were opening doors with colleges and universities and we're going to them and say, let's create a partnership to where you allocate X amount of scholarships to the school and then we'll create a criteria And if our young men meets the criteria and they have an interest in living in that city or state where your school reside, then it's automatic. And so I'm proud to say that today, since October of last year, we now have 10 university alliances set up ranging from the University of Notre Dame to LSU to Texas Southern University to Houghton College and Canisius College in Buffalo, New York to Southeastern Louisiana University, um, over to Austin College in Sherman, Texas, and then coming, going um, down locally to UNO. So uh, we recently created a, a partnership with University of New Orleans. And so what we're basically doing is creating different ways to partner That way our young men will not only feel good about my chances of earning a scholarship, but it gives them a target. And it gives them an opportunity to say, I have a vision for my academic prowess. And I know that my team here at the school is working very hard to offer that to me.
0: The Notre Dame partnership, for example, when will the first scholarship be available? Is that this fall or is it gonna be the next fall?
1: So there's three young men, that have been uh, benefactors of this new relationship uh, that we've created with the University of Notre Dame. And so even beyond the scholarships, Notre Dame has a pre-college scholars program for rising seniors. So our class of 2023, seven of our young men literally just got back on Saturday after spending 10 days at University of Notre Dame in their pre-college program as well. So out of all of the 10 that we have, the Notre Dame one is the most visible and lucrative for our families. Uh, The pre-college program is valued at about $4,500 per student, whereas our young men had to pay nothing. And so the scholarship opportunity that we have, that's aligned for our three that's going in the fall, it's 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 based off of a, a blind need, but it's also in uh, in respect to our young men and their families and their income and their academic prowess. And so, three are headed up there. Two will pay nothing. One will only pay eight thousand dollars a year for a seventy-five to eighty thousand dollar education a year. Those three young men will be meeting up with five other St. Alb grads that are there now that are within their sophomore year, junior year, and senior year. So in total, St. Alb will have eight students on the campus of the University of Notre Dame in the fall. And our vision is to get that to be no less than 10 on the campus moving forward every year after 2023.
0: That's a great scholarship. St. Augustine has a long list of notable alumni, everybody from the former New York Times editor, Dean Baquet, to musicians, John Batiste, P.J. Morton, and then dozens of NFL and NBA stars. Why do you think the school has been such a you know, star maker, let's say? And how does that network of successful graduates help you and help the next generation do your work?
1: It's a beautiful question. I would say the secret sauce that many overlook is that I would say uh, there's 70% of the staff, which are male, and I would dare to say that 65% of that staff, they're graduates, including myself. And so when you think of that, the culture in which we receive from our time as students, we are entrusted now to make sure that that culture remains. And we're doing that work in that manner that makes the essence and the vision of what Father Matthew O'Rourke had when he opened the school doors as first principal in 1951, we're carrying on that legacy. And so the band director, right, he, he studied underneath Mr. Ham. And so he's doing the same work in making sure that those critical steps that needs to stay within the marching 100 remains. And then on the principal side, our principal, Gerald Gerald Devos, he's class of 1976. Our vice principal is Joe Gilead, he's class of 1982. And so we're keeping the secret substance that looms these halls fresh and alive through the leadership. And we're also planting the seed of the rigor and the discipline and the accountability on our young men every single day. So I might not be a teacher, but if I'm walking the hall and I see that a young man's shirt is out of his pants, I'm gonna act on it immediately. If I see two students that's playing around and they're joking and they're not serious, I'm gonna act on it immediately. And so will the janitors and so will the custodians and so will the counselors and so will the people who work in the cafeteria. That is a large part of how the school continues to have its success because everyone who's working in the capacity of a job here, it's not just the job. They step into it as a mission and it's something that we look at as fulfilling the promise of what our forefathers had, especially the Josephites that created this opportunity for us to be great.
0: Similar question, but the This St. Augustine High School marching band is world famous, performed for the Pope, obviously Mardi Gras, Super Bowls. (laughs) Are there pros and cons for being responsible for an institution of that magnitude?
1: Of course. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) You know, everyone is always looking for you to be at the top of your game every time you step out in the public. So the Marching 100 can never take off. There is no such thing as taking off. Right. There's no such thing as is showing up halfway. Um, you know, when you're at the top, everyone wants to come after you. And so we take pride in holding the March 100 and all of our extracurricular at a high standard. Uh, but it's a beautiful thing. and And believe it or not, I'll probably get no less than 100 requests a school year, and I'm probably turning down 75, 80.
0: I have a moment to share with you that really struck me. The band performed at the opening of the Virgin Hotel downtown. Richard Branson was marching along in the outfit, but he was giving his remarks, uh, and the band was all lined up, and the crowd was there, and he he said something and he said, all right, everyone, everyone play me a play, everyone blast your trumpets. And no one, no one did a thing. Everyone just stood there in position and did nothing. And then he tried again a minute later and he asked the band director to tell everyone to, to blow the horns. And I noticed that the discipline was that they weren't gonna do anything like that, that unless it was planned ahead and instructed by, their, by the band leader. I'm curious if that was uh, something that you guys noticed and talked about.
1: Oh, I noticed it very much so. I was there. And I recall as if it happened yesterday. Uh, that's part of the discipline. Um, you know, it's it's it, that's the structure that we are implementing into our young men's lives uh, outside of what they're receiving at their own home. Uh that that, ex, that exact moment has a true definition of what happens in our walls every single day. I'm glad you witnessed that because I've mentioned that to people in the past because richard branson actually talked to me about that moment later on that evening and he was like he says, it's clear that you guys have discipline in the school because no one moved when i instructed them to toot the horn or, or <laughs> give up, or give a praise and i'm like yeah it's that it, they're only gonna respond to the person that's over the uh the section of the entire band so you're right that that While it's something small and it made a good cheer at that event, that is part of the substance of what we are implementing inside these walls every single day at the school.
0: Right, right. Before you returned to New Orleans in 2012, you spent, what, 17 years up in New York in corporate sales and business development for ESPN and BET and maybe some others. Why did you come home?
1: I just wanna correct the date before I returned home in 2019. Oh gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but but you said something significant. In 2012, I interviewed for the president's job then when it was open and I didn't get it.
0: Ah, okay.
1: And so um, I was young, I was 32 years of age and I thought I knew everything then, I didn't. And uh, I didn't get the job but I had a five-year plan that I decided to just email to the board of directors. And um, I said, look, I love this school and I don't love the title. This is about the school. So I'm gonna send you my plan and the vision that I had. I am very happy for you to implement this with whoever you decide to hire. And so I didn't get the job, I went back, I was in New York. I continued to work as a volunteer and on the development committee for the school. And then all of a sudden in 2018, it was my 20th reunion and anniversary of my class. And so, what I decided to do is get heavily involved. I was a class captain with two others, uh, Dwight Brown and Ellis Joseph. And the three of us, we uh, cast the net to get our class involved. And that's what sparked my energy to say, I, I have interest in doing a little bit more than what I'm doing as a volunteer. And so in October of 2018, in my role as a salesperson, sales executive at BET, I had received new business salesperson of the year. And when I looked at that award, instead of me thinking, oh, I'll get another 300000 on my salary, or 250000 on my salary, I said, I think this chapter has come to a close and I've done everything that I needed to do in this space and corporate. Now it's time for me to go home and get in the saddle every day at the school and go make impact on a place that I love. And so when I came home in the reunion month of November and I met with the then president, Dr. Kenneth St. Charles, he and I crafted an opportunity for me to come back as the chief development officer. And I started the job February 1st, 2019. And I'll be remiss if I didn't share that I took a 78% pay cut to come (laughs) back home to do what I love (laughs) and be here every day. But, um, you know, this is an opportunity and a place that I would work for nothing if if it came down to it, and so we made it work, I came in at the time, the school was fundraising was doing 1.1 million a year. Uh, 2019, 2020, we finished at 1.8. Then the next year we finished at 3.7. And then the following year, 3.5. And then now where we are, we'll probably finish this school year uh, in two weeks on July 31st, we'll probably finish at 3 million 3.1. And so uh, I'm very proud of the work that we put in to be able to raise the stakes and raise the bar of what this school means to the world and not just here in the city of New Orleans, and really tell this story of how black male leadership can come out of this place as a training ground and to be able to give young men the tools and all of the substance they need to go out and be global leaders.
0: I have one more question for you. Now that you're back in New Orleans and you've been here during the pandemic and all of uh, through IDA and all of the, you know, the pros and cons of the last few years, what makes you feel pessimistic or worried about our city? what makes you feel optimistic and how can St. Aug be part of the solution? As a
1: city, we have a ton going on. Um, You know, everyone is scared and worried about crime. That's obvious. Uh, Everyone would love to see greater opportunities. Uh, But what I want us to really think about is that between the crime and the not so many opportunities, we have to give young people a vision. We have to provide them with access to show them the capabilities and the opportunities and the possibilities. And I don't want it to be lost on many of us who are here in New Orleans that the young people today were born around Hurricane Katrina. The person's age would be 17 or 18 years old today, who was probably born in the midst of a tremendous storm. And so I want us to really think about this. The mothers and fathers who were giving birth to young people that are 18, 17, 16, 17, 18 today, they were trying to figure out life in 2005. They were trying to restart they were understanding and being faced with a tumultuous challenge to get their own lives back on track. And so if you can imagine, love, uh, care, and providing guidance, it may have been kind of pushed to the side a tad bit, because those adults, parents, they were trying to figure it out for themselves. And so I challenge us as citizens to think about what they may have faced, what the young people may have had as emptiness and didn't receive as from their family. And how can we step in and show them a different path, provide them with a greater support system and greater love because they need it. And they may have had a long period of not receiving that. And that's on us as citizens to do our part, to give them some type of love that changes the trajectory of the challenges that they face. And so New Orleans is always gonna be a beautiful place. We just have to seize the moment to help our young generation to recognize where they fit now in the immediate and in the future. And uh, it takes time. You know, it it comes with, with, with a lot of effort and energy, but I know that we can get there. And so I'm tasking our adults here at the school and our young men to be that bright spot and be that hope and be that bright shining star to continue the leadership that we can provide and to demonstrate to the city of New Orleans that we will continue to be a special city. We will do our part. And I say this all the time, if St. Aug fails, the city of New Orleans fails. And no one wants that. We don't want the city to fail, so we must make sure that St. Aug thrives.
0: Austin Taylor, president and CEO of St. Augustine High School, thank you for your time.
1: Thank you, Rich.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media, at Orleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.